0: I got one announcement for this week. If you're the ages of 11 and 17 or so, this is for you. Youth on Wednesday at 6:30 p.m. So, if you are between the ages of 11 and 17, thank you. (laughs) You got youth this Wednesday, 6:30. You meet here. I'm not sure what you're doing. You have to talk to Ashley for that. Okay, so we are in a new series now. I really enjoyed the last one. Um, I could, I, I. There's still so many stories in the Bible of God doing great things, of God redeeming uh, people's lives, uh, rescuing people. There's so many stories in the Bible, but we're gonna do. We're gonna move on. Tools of the trade, and in every trade, there are tools that help get the job done. Cindy, I totally forgot to print your notes. I'm sorry. You should, have, you should have told me. <laughs> if you want notes, you can go to myhope.life forward slash sermons and they'll be in your version Bible app. So in every trade, there's tools that help you get the job done. Um, if you work on cars, you got a big case of tools that you work on cars. You need, and, and what is the one tool that's always missing? It's the 10 millimeter socket, right? Like, every guy knows what I'm talking about in this place. Like, you need a, you need the extra emergency 10 millimeter socket because you always lose them. <laughs> I've got like 8, 9, 11, 12, 13. <laughs> uh, that one tool, like, makes the difference if you can do your job or not. <laughs> if you have the right tool, it makes the job so much easier, right? So... However, using the wrong tool at a certain time in a project can cause damage rather than producing a finished project. I used to work at Walmart, and I worked in the uh, tire and lube section. Put the wrong bolt, put the wrong, uh, uh, what's that thing called? I forget Socket, thank you. <laughs> you put the wrong socket size on there and then bam, and you go the wrong direction, even worse. Now you've stripped out the thing and you've also stripped the head. I did that several times. messing it up. Like, hey, I make mistakes, okay? I, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but, um, no fear, Walmart will fix it, right? <laughs> um, but if you take the wrong tool, and you, and you put it on there, then you cause damage rather than the right thing. So the same is true in our Christian walk. We have tools. And if we don't correctly use our tools, we can spiritually damage people. The last thing that we should want to do is spiritually damage people. Will we damage people? Sometimes, yes. Our human flesh and abilities will get into the way, and we will exert ourselves. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. But I want, to, I want us to look at... Um, Ephesians um, chapter 6, 18 through 20. It says, Pray, um, pray at all times in the spirit, with every prayer and request, and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all saints. This next verse right here, I think, is really important. It says, Pray also for me, that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known the boldness of the mystery of the gospel. Paul, when he wrote this to Ephesus, he was saying, pray for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth. He wanted to make sure that people were praying for him too, okay? So let's keep going. It says, for this, I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. So in this series, we're going to talk about being bold enough We're gonna talk about using the tools of the trade, and I can promise you the tools that we're gonna talk about are pretty cool, and we're gonna get into the armor of God, but it's gonna take a little bit of time to get into the armor of God, because you don't wanna pick up a weapon, you don't wanna pick up a tool without first knowing how to use it, right? So I brought some tools today. I brought a hammer. Who's got a hammer in their house? I do. Yeah, you know, you can use this for a lot of things, right? There's a lot of different hammers out there. You, you'd be surprised. Framing hammers. You know, like, I, I did some search. And, 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 and there are people who have designed these things to, like, reduce the amount of vibration you feel when you, when you hit the nail. Now, I brought something with us. I don't know if anyone's ever tried this before, but I brought a screw. Like, when you, when you, when you hammer the screw in, like, it just, it doesn't work because it's not the right tool. Can you do it? Sure. Yes. You can do it, yeah. But it's not the greatest tool for that, right? There's a better tool for the screw, right? Mm-hmm. So there are cheap hammers. This would fall in the range of a cheap hammer. I don't know. It came in a pack from Walmart, Stanley. Um, it works, though. It does everything that I do. it. I don't do construction, so I don't do a lot of them. But the cheapest hammer I could find at Menard's, was five dollars and seventy nine cents, and with the eleven percent back right now, that's like fifty cents off. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> the most expensive hammer that I found was online. NARS doesn't sell this one. Three hundred and thirty three dollars and ninety cents. I'm like, it better nail them for you. Like, <laughs> if uh, <laughs> it's not a powered one, it was a fancy framing hammer made out of like titanium. I'm like, three hundred and thirty three dollars. I'm like. No way I would ever buy that. I mean, I want to try it. What guy in here doesn't want to try a $300 hammer, right? Like, maybe there's a woman in here that's like, I want to try that too. (laughs) Uh, So they function similarly, though. Is one a better design? Sure. Yeah, does one reduce the amount of vibrations you feel? Yeah, and you may, if you work that job all the time, maybe you feel like that's that's what you need. So more power to you (laughs) if you buy the $300 (laughs) hammer. I'm gonna stick with my. Probably the, I'm gonna go with this is probably the seven or eight dollar range now. <laughs> so, they each have different uh, qualities. This one here um, can be used. You can tear down walls with this. Promise you, we get that other side. I can put this hammer through there. Okay. Um, and then uh, it can also be used to build up. Right. You can build framing. You can build a house to a certain point. Take it to the sheetrock. Then you need your I mean, they used to hammer it. That's crazy, that blows my mind how construction has changed over the years. So this can be used for tearing down, right? But it can also be used for building up. It can be used for fine work. If you had a little uh, finishing nail, you could hammer that finishing nail in and if you were careful, you wouldn't damage the wood or anything like that. But if I use it improperly, I damage it, right? It leaves a mark. If I use this tool improperly, now if you were gonna cover this up, you wouldn't see it, right? But it doesn't take the damage away. Like, I can't remove the damage, but every time I use this tool improperly, I cause damage. If I try and hammer this in, I'll probably eventually bend the the screw over, or or it'll crack, or it'll just break off and fly off and hit someone. If I hammer this in, I'm going to be so disappointed. Come on! okay. (laughs) You're supposed to bend. It's not bending. It's going in right. <laughs> well, I guess you can force a screw in <laughs> with a hammer. That's the thing, with a hammer you can do a lot of things, even if you're not supposed to. <laughs> There's a yeah, there we go. Now try pulling it out. There's the next that's the hard part, right? Okay, let's see. Troy. But but I made the hole bigger, okay? So <laughs> let's move on to the next visual aid, okay? <laughs> Okay, I think if you were to try and hang something on that, it probably wouldn't have the strength that it needed. So I brought some cool things. My drill, I got some drill bits. The cool thing about a drill now is it can be used to build up, right? But it can also be used to take things apart. Anytime I've had to move, there's always been a moment when I had to take something apart. It can be used to put something together. It can be used to move something from one wall to the other wall. It has a lot of purpose. And the thing is, if you use it correctly, it does what it's supposed to do. Look, I bet you I can stick this screw right back into the hole. Look at that. Look how far I can get that. That's why you don't hammer a screw in. That's why you don't hammer a screw in. There we go. Now we know the the purpose. (laughs) Now, with this drill. I can put this in here. Now, if you're using like an old, dry piece of wood, it will probably split the wood. But this one probably won't split. Oh, god. There we go. Got it in there. Now, this one doesn't split, Okay, But it was really hard to drill in. I just learned this not so long ago. I was fixing my gates on my fence, and I found out if you just take a little, that's probably about the right size, a little drill bit, you get the hole started, it removes some of the wood, right? Now I can switch back to you. This is the great part about a drill, very versatile. I even have a paint mixer for my drill. It does. This has a lot of attachments. Now when I go to put the screw in, it's going to be a little bit easier. It starts faster. Mm
1: -hmm. My
0: battery must be dying. So the drill has a really good purpose if you're trying to not split your wood, not mess up your wood, if you're doing some fine finishing work and things like that, but also It can remove some things. It can remove that little bit of wood that needs to be removed so that something can be anchored into it. So the drill has a purpose. Now, the next tool. I should talk about the improper usage of this. How many of you? It also works as a hammer, right? (laughs) What guy has not just switched this over. Like, I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of scratches on the back of my drill right here where it becomes a hammer. Now, I know that's not a good thing. That's not a good way to use There's a battery here. That's a bad idea. It's not a good idea. It's not meant for that. Like, people be like, use the right tool for the job. Be like, well, it works. It must have been the right tool. <laughs> You'll break your drill eventually if you just constantly hit things with it, which I have done many, many times. <laughs> we got that. Now... This next tool, probably one of my favorite tools. I was going to turn it on.
1: <laughs>
0: this one right here, this is good for demo. Yeah. You know what? Like, don't make a fine cut with this. I've tried. It doesn't make fine cuts. Get a different tool. This right here, like, I don't have many tools, okay? So, like, I've got I got to cut a piece of PVC pipe, you know, and I'm like...
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you turn this thing on, and the. This just goes back and forth. Well, let's turn it on. I wasn't going to. But we can't have any fun without it, right? Lots of fun, right? <laughs> Told you this Sunday would be fun. <laughs> Talking about power tools. Okay. So one of the ways that I've used this before, and you can still see probably some of the sheetrock dust on it, you stick it into the wall, and you just start cutting with it. You know what this thing cuts? Everything. It cuts the metal. It cuts the pipe. It cuts the water. Uh, line it cuts the electricity off it does everything you need it to do right through that wall if you're not careful it's purely for destruction don't use this for a fine cut I promise like you're you're not going to be happy with the cut you get you're going to have a bunch of bumps on either side of it until yeah. it actually started cutting so not a good tool for fine things but you know in our christian walk i believe that we have some tools that can relate to the hammer to the drill to the reciprocating saw and it all comes down to how we use the tools that we have we could talk about the armor of god and we could talk about wielding the sword of the spirit and putting on the helmet of salvation and taking up the shield of faith but if we don't really understand how those things get used we can cause damage okay so the last thing we want to do is to cause damage. So we minimize the damage by understanding the tool that we use. So our greatest tool that we have is the gospel. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it convicts our lives. It, it helps change our lives. It produces change that brings us closer to God. That's the beauty of the gospel is it's powerful. It's sharp and quick and, and it can remove some of those things just like that drill can pull out a little bit. But it can also d- destroy some of the idolatry that we've built up in our lives, it moves us towards a better relationship with God. It removes things that we don't need that are out of order in our lives, and it destroys those idols that we have built. Mm -hmm. So notice the gospel is the most versatile tool that we have because not only does it deal with you when it's working, it deals with others. Mm -hmm. That's the power of the gospel is that it does work between you and I when I study to preach the gospel it works on my life when I preach the gospel it works on your life and I share this a lot that pretty much everything I preach deals with me I wake up in the morning and I have my struggles I go through the day and I have my struggles but the gospel is the most versatile tool that we have the gospel is like a hammer It can be used for those fine things. It can be used to put the trim up in your house. It can be used for all those fine things, but it can also be used in the destruction of things that should no longer be in our lives. So the gospel is like a hammer. I have a scripture to back that up here in just a minute. The gospel is like a drill. Now, unfortunately, the Bible does not say that, but uh, I hope you get the analogy. <laughs> the Bible is not like the Gospels like a drill. It doesn't say that, but it does actually say the hammer one. <laughs> um, it can move things in our lives to a new place and help us reorder our priority. You have those cabinets that you've put together. You anyone been to IKEA? Anyone put an IKEA thing together? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. If you've been to IKEA, <laughs> like, oh man, <laughs> Scandinavian furniture. <laughs> Ah, uh, I don't know what an organ flog is. <laughs> uh, you start putting that stuff together and you, you know, it, it, it's pretty good until you, till you break it. Until you strip the screw and then you got to figure something else to do. Anyways, you got to take that stuff apart sometimes because you move. You change addresses. And when you do that, you have to take apart the furniture that you put together. What are you going to use? A hammer? A hammer is going to destroy it. If you want to put it in the garbage, that's a great thing to use. If you want to keep it, you're going to have to use something, a screwdriver or a drill or the Allen wrench that you can't find anymore that came with it. So it has various ways of penetrating the heart. The gospel will penetrate the heart and it has many ways of reaching and changing our lives. Whether it comes to the preached word, or someone sings a song, or, or, or someone speaks to someone, it, it, the gospel can penetrate the hardest of hearts. Now, I know I've talked about the story of Pharaoh before, and how Pharaoh, it says that he had a hard heart, and then it says that God hardened his heart. Now, why would God harden his heart? Wouldn't it be easier if, if God would soften his heart? Well, yeah, probably, in one sense, but then if God softened his heart, that would be God making Pharaoh do something, right? So in our lives, we can have hard hearts towards the gospel, towards change, towards doing what God wants us to do in our lives. And that's because we have chosen to have a hard heart. And so God allows our hearts to be hardened and continue to stay hard. So we need the gospel, the word of God, to come and to penetrate our heart. So I wrote this on my note. How do I use it? How do I use the gospel? Is it for my own agenda? Do I, do I share the gospel because I, want to, because I want to change someone, or do I want God to work in their life? So let me read this scripture to you. It's Jeremiah 23, 29 through 32. It says, is not my word like a fire? This is the Lord's declaration. And like a hammer that pulverizes rock. There's there's my scripture for the hammer. (laughs) Therefore, take note, I am against the prophets, the Lord's declaration, who steal my words from each other. I am against the prophets, the Lord's declaration, who use their own tongue to make a declaration. I am against those who prophesy false dreams, the Lord's declaration, telling them and leading my people astray with their reckless lies. It was not I who sent or commanded them, and they are of no benefit at all to these people. This is the Lord's declaration. So the word of God is like a hammer, and it pulverizes the rock. I don't know. In my mind, when I think about this, I look... How many of you have opened up the Word of God and you feel like it pulverizes some things in your life? I have opened up the scriptures and found things that I've read over many times and then all of a sudden it penetrates my heart and it changes me. I need the Word of God in my life. Not on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. Not on a couple times a month basis, but on a daily basis. We need the Word of God in our lives every day. So let's jump to Hebrews Uh, chapter 4 12 through 13 and it says for the word of god is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit joints and marrow and is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart no creature is hidden from him but all things are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give an account Boy, that's an important scripture right there. Let's read that again. It says, no creature is hidden from him, but all things are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give an account. We are all going to give an account one day. Not just me, but you as well. There will come a day of judgment when we give an account. I want to know that when I give that account, I have studied the word of God, that I have, I have shared the gospel like I was supposed to. I used it as I was supposed to. The gospel is the greatest tool that you have. But if you don't ever use it, well, you have a lot of tools like I do that just sit in your garage because you don't really do that. If it comes to changing brakes, man, I have got the tools for that. I can change people. Ca- you know caliper brakes like i've got this cool like caulk gun looking thing you put it on there it like clamps the the um whatever that thing is called the <laughs> <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> i know what it is i'm just doing a caliper or something you know it just clamps that down squeezes it and you can put your new one in there it's so convenient it makes it go so fast i can change my brakes in like 20 minutes <laughs> per side save a bunch of money because anyone who's like goes to get your brakes quote you're like 800 dollars <laughs> and then you find out how hard it is to do the job, and you're like, I think I can do that. I'll take a whack at it. <laughs> I've messed a few things up. <laughs> I've had to replace a few things.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: so I have these tools in my garage. I think the one tool that I have the most of is cop guns. And Why is that? Why would I have, like, 10 different cop guns? Not because there's a different one for every job. Well, there is. It's because I can't find it every time. So, I, so every time I have a job that I gotta cock something, I'm going to Menards and spending 395 on a new cock gun that's probably gonna break because I use it and I, and I don't know how to use a cock gun apparently because I break it every single time. You know. But I've got all these cock guns and I can never find them until after I've bought the new one. And then bam, here we go. I was like, one time I was like, I'm gonna buy a nice one. I'm gonna buy the 795 one i don't know where it is today see that's the thing that we do sometimes with the tools that god has given us we're like i don't i don't know what god's word says about that i don't know what god's word means in this i don't i don't really i don't really use the god's word i just wait till the preacher tells me what god's word says what if the preacher was gone (laughs) would you know how to get into your bible and study the word of god because it is your responsibility i'm going to do my best to give you what i've got But knowing the word of God is your responsibility and my responsibility. Studying the word of God is your responsibility and my responsibility. Preaching the gospel, I share in that responsibility with you. But on your daily personal walk with God, that is your responsibility solely. It is not my responsibility to make sure you serve God. I can't. You would not want me at your house 24-7 making sure that you were serving God because Lord knows (laughs) six hours after church, we're already messing up. You don't want me there. (laughs) Uh, Maybe it would be easier. Maybe, (laughs) oh, I'm glad the pastor's standing here over my shoulder. No, you'd get sick and tired of it. You'd be like, can you go find something else to do? You told me you wanted me here. (laughs) I'm not going to save you. I'm gonna preach the gospel, and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that changes and saves us. So, this brings us to the use of boldness. How many of you are bold in this place? It's okay. There's a few of you. Good, good, good. It's okay if you're not bold. You know what? I believe that you can change. I believe it's okay. I get I get scared just about every time that I that I get up here. I get nervous. Cindy shook my hands this morning. She's like, your hands are clammy. I was like, I, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> I know they are. <laughs> uh, boldness and the gospel coupled together is a powerful combination. But it can also be a dangerous combination. Because the last thing that we want to do is put ourselves into the gospel. The gospel does a perfect job all on its own. The Word of God is perfect on its own. But when I begin to put myself into it and I weave myself through the gospel, well then now what I do to someone may damage them because I'm not using it. I'm using it how I want to use it. I've seen this a lot where like you like the sledgehammer type of gospel. <laughs> they come in and just wreck everything and tear it all up. You're like, oh, that's the kind of gospel I want to use. That's... that. That's a style that, that, yeah, sure, you can use the gospel in your own mind, but what if you let the gospel do what the gospel does? What if you presented the gospel and let the gospel work? The Bible is quicker and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So if I let God's word penetrate rather than my will penetrate, it can make changes in someone's life. So how you present the word of God or the gospel will ultimately affect how it's applied. The beauty of this is God has a history of using messed up people. So he understands that we are probably going to mess up. So how do I get boldness? Because boldness sounds like a good (laughs) tool that I could use in sharing the gospel. But I want to be cautious with the way I share it. I've got this one cool tool. I think I still have it. Um, and it's it, you can fire a nail into concrete for um, for, for, for uh, like if you're building framing a wall. It's so cool. You put like a 22 caliber um, bullet in there, not an actual 22 caliber bullet. It's like a blank, and then you put the nail in there, and the nail is the actual bullet. So really dangerous toy. <laughs> but you're, the only way you can do it is if you press it into the press it into the two by four fire it, and then it fires and anchors that two-by-four down to the ground. I'll tell you what, that thing is so much fun to use. Man, it can cause, <laughs> use it wrong. <laughs> use it wrong, and you're gonna mess up. <laughs> so God has, has, a, has a history of using messed up people. He understands that we're probably gonna mess up. It really is hard on you When you fire that nail into the ground and you put the two by four six inches from where it was actually supposed to be, it's there. You gotta move it now. And it's a lot of work to get that out. So it's the same thing. If I use the tool that I like and I don't measure and I don't make sure that I'm putting it where I need to be, and I put that where it shouldn't be, now I'm damaging the person that I'm trying to minister to. So my boldness, I was bold. I pulled it out. I put it into the ground, but I didn't check where I was putting it. And now it's stuck in a place that it shouldn't be. And now I've got to help remove it. And I might have to ask someone else to come and help me because I I may not have the tools. And that's going to leave a wound. Whenever you pull that out, there's still going to be a hole in the concrete. And when you pull things out of people's lives, there's still gonna be some wounds. There's still gonna be some things. And I would venture to say that there are people that are sitting here today that have been wounded by the church. You've been hurt by people. You've been hurt by pastors. You've been hurt by, 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 by other ministers. You've been hurt by people that have come into your life that you thought were for you and they ended up being against you. And now I'm in this place where I'm just wounded and I got a bunch of holes in me. The only one. They can fix that as Jesus. Yes, you may have been hit with something. And maybe it's not fair, but that's just how it is. That's where you are right now. But God loves you, and He doesn't intend to leave you broken. That's why we come to church because we're like, God, I'm broken and I need to be repaired. I hope I never go to a church. I hope I never pastor a church that's full of perfect people. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad this is the church (laughs) that I pastor because I know that there's no perfect people in the place (laughs) because if there were, I'd be the only one messed up in here. (laughs) So I thank God that we all know that we have faults. We all know that we have divisions. We all have things that we are struggling with right now. And if you're not bold to share the gospel, that's okay. There will come a day when it will be like a fire shut up in your bones that you have to share. So Moses was one of the guys that messed up. The very first time they've crossed over the Red Sea, they get over the other side, now the people are complaining again. You know, they've seen God do all this work, and they're like complaining again. And God tells Moses to strike the rock out of it water god provides for his people now i think it's 40 years later they're back in the same spot and uh god tells moses to speak to the rock and moses gets angry at the people and strikes the rock twice god still provides water but moses in his boldness got angry at the people And, like, put himself right next to God, I feel like, in, in his statement. He wasn't calling himself God, but he was like, we are mad at you. God gave you directions, man. And it's when we step outside of the directions of God that we start to hurt people. God's correction is not hate. God's correction is love. I need God's correction in my life. Because I don't want to continue to head down the same path that I've always headed Because the path that I've headed has always been messed up, full of bumps, uh, lots of curves in it. But I want to be on the straight and narrow path. And I am going to need God's word to minister to me and lead me in that. So Moses was told the next time to speak to the rock, and he strikes it twice. Still, though, God provides for his people. So God may use you when you're dead wrong. He may still go ahead and use what you did, but you were dead wrong. And don't think that because God used it, he's validating the fact you were wrong. Go back to Jeremiah 23, 29 through 32, and look at what he says. I am against the prophets who steal my words from each other. I am against the prophets, the Lord's declaration, who use their own tongue to make a declaration. I am against those who prophesy false dreams, the Lord's declaration, telling them and leading my people astray with their reckless lies. It was not I who sent or commanded them, and they are of no benefit at all to these people. This is the Lord's declaration. I have got to constantly check what I say because the last thing I want to do is steal God's words from someone else, but it's more so I don't want to lead someone astray. You got struggles in your life, and you ask me what I think, I am going to try my best to pull up scripture to support why you either need to make the change or do something different in your life because it's the Bible that does it. Not my own agenda, not my own will, but I'm going to give you the word of God so that you can make a decision. Do I want to continue in this or do I want to change? Do I need to change? And Is my life against God's word or is it in line with God's word? If we are not in line with God's will. We are enemies of God. I don't want to be an enemy. I want to be a tool of righteousness. That's what Paul writes about in Romans. I think it's 8 or maybe it's 7, 6. It's one of those. There you go. Go home and read the first eight chapters of Romans and you'll know which <laughs> verse I was talking about. <laughs> we treat boldness sometimes like the hammer though. We, we, we feel like, oh man, I'm doing so good. Wanda, you better get your life right. <laughs> Tammy, get it together.
1: <laughs>
0: Stop playing basketball. <laughs> Sometimes we use the gospel, we use our boldness like a hammer. We come in swinging hard and fast and we leave damage in the wake, man, I'll tell you what, there is something fun when you go to tear down a wall and you take that big old sledgehammer and you just like, and it's so much fun. There's better ways of tearing out walls. I found that out. The reciprocating saw. I always grew up hearing it called a sawzall, which I don't know which one is the correct term. I think reciprocating saw is the correct term, but it's sawzall. So... (laughs) Um, and, I, I, and I think there's a better way of pulling out a wall. You can take the sawzall and you just cut through and you make your, your entryway. And now all your sheetrock is in like one big piece versus tiny little pieces from the hammer. So There's better ways of destruction <laughs> than your hammer. <laughs> See, this is us exerting our method and the way that we like versus allowing God's word to do what God wants to do. Yeah. This hits me. Like this, this whole part... When I wrote that little thing right there in my notes, I wrote right underneath it, this hits me. Because it does. The last thing I want to do is exert my method over God's word. Can I yell at someone? Yeah, I absolutely can. And that is a method of dealing with situations. But what penetrates the heart better? Gentleness. Taking, yeah, gentleness. Is it, is it better for me to yell and be mad at someone or would it be better to pull out the drill and let God's word do his thing? Sure, that's a method. Yes, you can be angry and sin not. The Bible says that. But if I use the tools that God has given me incorrectly, there is a chance that I'm going to damage someone. And I don't want to hurt Someone, I want to see people's lives saved. And if I only use my method, I'm going to cause damage. I'm going to leave a wake of death in my path. The word of God can be the hammer. It can be the drill. It can be the reciprocating saw. But you've got to let God work how God wants to work. I can give you the scripture that says repent and turn away. And that can be like a hammer. I can give you the scripture that says repent and turn away and it be like the drill that penetrates your heart and anchors the gospel of God's word to your life. I can tell you that you need to repent and turn away and it takes a big chunk out of your life. But it's God's word that does it, not me. If I can present the same scripture to you in all of those instances and then it find a different way to operate in someone's life because God works as he sees fit in every life. The focus scripture that I had this week was from Ephesians 6, and if you read chapter 6 of Ephesians, you'll see that this chapter includes the armor of God. We will fail at spiritual warfare if we don't put on this armor. How many of you have got part of the armor of God on? Depends on the day of the week. I'll be honest. It depends on the day of the week, and I may only have, you know, one part. I may like the sword. Well, when the enemy fires fire fiery darts at it, you're just going to have to be swinging like they do, you know, Star Wars with the lightsaber, getting <laughs> the, the laser dots, you know. <laughs> I don't know, This that's not a big enough shield for me. Like, I, I want to pick up the shield of faith. There was a purpose for that tool, that's right. right? But if I use it incorrectly, I'm going to wound my brothers and sisters. <clears throat> so, I want to win against the enemy, and so in doing that, as we go through this series, I want us to look at how we use the Word of God. Are we using it correctly? Are we using prayer correctly? Are we, are we, are we doing what God called us to do? Are we, are we using God's Word correctly when we go and study and not putting my agenda on things? Because I can twist the Bible in a million different directions. Any preacher can get up and twist the Bible in any direction that they want to. You can get up and say whatever you want to say, and twist it in any way that you want to. I don't want to twist the word of God. I want God's word to be the quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. When I start to tweak it, I dull it. When I start to tweak it, I change it. It becomes not God's word. I want it to be God's word that I preach. And that should be the same thing you want. When you wield that sword, that it becomes something that is of God and not of you. When you pick up the shield of faith that you are to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, I want to make sure that I'm using it appropriately. But if I don't fully understand what I'm doing, I'm ultimately either not going to put on the armor of God or I'm going to cause damage with the armor of God. So, I know this sermon's not about the armor of God. It was more about the dangers of improperly using our tools that we have available. The last thing you want to be is a person who picks up the word of God and begins to use this and hurt people with this. I see it all the time. I see people twisting scripture. I see people wounding people. I can use the word of God. I can tell you exactly what the word of God says, and if you know me, I will not shy away from what the word of God says. Sin is sin. But it does not mean that I have to go and beat people with it. The gospel is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edges. It pierces the heart. I don't know, Levi just had surgery, right? I bet you they had a scalpel in the room. See, one of the jobs that I had was a surgical tech. One of the coolest jobs. I had probably and in that job when the surgeon said scalpel i got to shine there's a certain way that you hand the scalpel you don't just like hand him blade first he doesn't hand it to you blade first there is a certain way you hold that and you put it in their hand they don't even have to look at you like we didn't make eye contact he didn't look at his hand i handed it to him well, he had it looking through his microscope sometimes, he'd pull it in there and just do his thing. And it's so sharp. Those, those, those blades that you put on there are so sharp. To me, I look at the Word of God like that. We have the great physician that can remove those things right out of your heart. He can, he can remove those, those, those masses that aren't supposed to be there. There's power in that. I I desire for God to work on my heart, on my life. And I want that to be the desire of our church, that we allow God to operate in our lives. Another cool thing I got to do sometimes, there's just something about a human hand. There wasn't a tool that held it just right. It was the hand, the way that the hand worked. And I remember getting called into an operating room and getting to retract the heart while like, it was, they were on pump and everything so the heart wasn't beating. But it was the coolest experience as a surgical tech, putting my hand in there, and just a little bit of retraction so that, they could make the sewing, the, so that they could sew the veins and things like that that they needed to. It was so cool because life is so fragile. What does it say? Life and death are in the power of the tongue? I want to speak words of life that build up. Paul never tore down the church when he wrote his letters. Paul built up the church and tore down sin. We can tear down sin and build people up at the same time. It it can come out of our mouth. We can share the gospel of Jesus Christ in love. You will be a poor soldier if you just pick up the armor and run. If you just pick up, people, people don't join the military and they're like, here's a gun that's not how it works you actually have to qualify on that thing you have to learn how to use it before you ever get to shoot it you learn how to clean it you know how many hours i've spent cleaning an m16 my lord the worst thing ever you want to go and turn that thing in and they always still can find there's nothing you can do to get it perfectly clean but boy those armorers they're like oh it's not clean enough and really what I think they were just trying to do was waste time and so we had to clean it, you know, forever like <laughs> But I have cleaned I've taken that thing apart so many times. I've cleaned it. You don't get to just use it. You've got to know it. You don't just get it handed to you. You've got to learn it and understand what you're doing with it and how it operates it's the same exact thing with the word of god don't just run out and start swinging and and everything that's not how the word of god works you've got to understand not you don't have to fully understand everything about the bible to preach it i am living proof of that now will you maybe say some things sometimes yes that is the human error that we live with god knows that he's going to use an imperfect person we're all imperfect in this room If you're perfect, see me afterwards. (laughs) So here's some things that we need to understand. Ourselves. How am I going to use the gospel? How am I going to use the armor of God? How am I going to wield the sword of the Spirit? I need to understand myself. Is there hate in my heart or do I have love? God is love And so I need God to exert his love in my life so that I understand, so that I use the tools that he has properly. So what about something else? We need need to understand what the tools do and what their purpose are. You may have an idea of what prayer is, but maybe you don't use it because you don't fully understand it. Maybe prayer scares you. Maybe studying God's word scares you. Maybe teaching God's word scares you. But what if you understood it a little bit better? Could you better, could you more effectively use the word of God? I think so. Could you more effectively pray? It says the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. How do I have effective prayer that avails much? I gotta be righteous and faithful. So how do I become righteous? My righteousness is filthy rags. I know the Bible says that. Well, how do how do I do this? Well, repentance. You may hear me preach about repentance a lot. And it's because every single one of us has got to come to repentance over and over again. Because we are we fail. And maybe you sit here today and be like, I don't fail.
1: I got no problems.
0: <laughs> well, Join me in repentance for lying to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So, what about this? How to put them on and how to use them. We've got to understand how to put on these tools. How do I put on the helmet of salvation? How do I put on the breastplate of righteousness? How do I pick up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God? I gotta know how to have my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. How do I put my shoes on? Not in the physical sense. I think everyone who made it today has shoes on, so whether you got flip-flops, whether you got laces or slip-ons, it's okay. You figured out how to put your shoes on today. Hopefully, you will tomorrow. <laughs> but in every case, if I do something wrong, I may damage myself or someone else. Put your shoes on wrong and wear them all day. Put them on, put them on backwards and see what happens in 12 hours when you've been standing all day. Because the Bible in chapter 6 of Ephesians says, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. So we're going to go back to wait. Okay? We stand there and we wait. When I have done everything to do. So if you're standing there and you're wearing it improperly, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to feel good. When I worked in the oil field, we had lots of tools there too. And there was this harness, thanks to OSHA. You know, I appreciate it. <coughs> Did you know there's an appropriate way to wear a harness? And there's also an inappropriate way to wear a harness? And if you wear it inappropriately, you're going to hurt yourself if you fall. You're still going to get hurt if you fall and you're wearing it appropriately, but it's going to be a lot different. And I remember putting that on, and sometimes I'd wear it all loose and everything, but if I would have fallen, it would have hurt really bad. And so maybe I cut some corners in some places. Mate, you know what? There was times I wouldn't wear the harness. And I'm like, I'm climbing up on this big flat roof. I'm not going to fall off of it. I'll just stay away from the side. <laughs> They're like, when you climb a ladder, you have to use a harness. And I'm like, if I fall and I'm on this ladder, what's it going to do? It's going to pull the ladder over on top of me. This makes no sense. <laughs> so there were some rules that maybe didn't make sense. But there was appropriate ways to do it so it doesn't hurt me i have got to understand myself, the tools that I'm using and their purpose, and I have got to understand how to correctly put them on and put them in use in my life. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I may cause damage to someone, but I may also cause damage to myself. Have you ever felt like you were doing God's will, but couldn't figure out why you were drained all the time? Or maybe you, were, you thought you were doing God's will and you felt beat up all the time? Or or maybe you felt like God didn't care about you. You're like, God, I'm trying to do your will, and I feel like this is against Everything is against me. Could it be that you're wearing the armor inappropriately in your life? That you've put some things on, and maybe there's some things out of order in your life that God is trying to get your attentions, and in his loving grace and mercy, is trying to correct you before you harm yourself, your family, or someone you're trying to minister to. One of the biggest things we do in the church is we feel like we have to have this selfless service. And so we sacrifice ourselves on the altar of ministry, thinking we are the answer, rather than pointing people to Jesus, who is the ultimate answer. So our objective as Christians should be first, apply the gospel and the word of God to our lives, because when it, is, when it has been correctly applied to my life, I'm going to be more effective in sharing the gospel to others. And secondly, we should be sharing the good news of Jesus and allow the word of God to do what is best. So, in this very first series, this very first lesson. It's my desire that you recognize that there are some tools that may be absent in your life. Or Maybe you have used incorrectly. Or maybe you're not sure how to use the tools. I want to encourage you that we have got to, as a church, study the word of God. I want you to know that God cares about you, that God loves you, and that as we seek to grow closer to him, He draws closer to us. So use the tools. Don't be afraid. Use the tools. Have boldness. Read the gospel. Share it. But make sure that it is not you and it's God. As this song plays, I want us to reflect what God is doing in each of our lives. You don't have to come to the front right now. If you want prayer, you certainly can. But I want you to look at your life. Is there tools? that you haven't picked up. Or maybe you need to repent for the way you use boldness for the word of God. Maybe you just need to spend some time with God. God, minister to me right now. Shine a light into every area of my life, the things that I need to change, God. I just want
1: to speak the name of Jesus. God, I worship you. I thank you. Over every heart and every mind. Because I know. Let's put our hands together and give God a heads off of praise. that we worship you. We magnify you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus, that we worship you. Hallelujah, Jesus.
0: Don't be afraid to use the gospel. But when you use the gospel, know that it's powerful, quicker, and sharper than a two-edged sword. Don't be afraid to be bold, but know that your boldness can cause damage to someone else if used incorrectly. So go out, share the gospel. Go out and study the word of God. Go out and be bold for Jesus. God, as we leave this place, God, I pray that you would overshadow each of us. God, you know every struggle. God, everything that's in this place, God. God, I pray that you'd minister to every heart and every mind. God, I speak your name, Jesus, over everyone that's here. God, I praise you, I magnify you, and I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and greet someone. Tell them hello. Give God a hand clap of praise. Have a great day.